Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Liner to Left podcast. It is, well, it's been one week since we last sat down here. It's Tyler Gallo alongside Colby Sherwood. And Colby, what a week for Robert Morris softball. Yeah, they ended up having a pretty good weekend. We were at the game today against Oakland, uh, the doubleheader, actually. They did, they took two out of two in that one. Well, let's just recap the entire week that was for the softball team. So they were slated for six games this week, which is a tough week by any means. And after that horrible, horrible, no good, very bad series in Green Bay, a tough road trip it was. It's a long bus trip up to Green Bay where they lost three of four. They come back. They sweep the heck out of Cleveland State, they take two. They take both from them, and then they take three of four from the Horizon League leading going into the weekend. Oakland Golden Grizzlies now just an absolute dominating two games in Cleveland against Cleveland State. No doubt about those two. Mm-hmm. Those two were huge wins. They mercy ruled them in both, and then in Oakland they got run in the first game. Yep. That didn't matter. They took the next three. And Colby, what did you just make of these six games this weekend? Did it show how good this team actually is? Yeah, so we talked about it last week. The consistency is lacking here with this team, but I think they brought it this week. We saw them battle back in a lot of account and a lot of counts that they're or batting batting uh, batting. At, you know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, trying. <laughs> <laughs> but they were down in the count. We saw them be down two nothing today, uh, Mar- March 27th against Oakland. They ended up winning the game on a walk off, then just shutting them out today. And Dan Vitek is just tremendous pitching today. I want to touch a little bit on Dana Vitekis before we get into this. So now she has pitched ridiculously well um, this season. And after a really rough series in Green Bay, she comes back. I mean, the whole team had a rough series in Green Bay, but she comes back. And in these last couple of games, she's been on fire. So let's take a look at her season thus far. We may talk to her soon, by the way. (laughs) Um, I'm going to reach out and see if we can interview her on this show. But after getting, she only pitched two and two-thirds innings against Cleveland State. She had a rough yep. outing against them. She allowed six earned runs in that, but the Colonials came back and won. Yep. She pitches 14 innings and allows just three runs, one earned the entire weekend. And she had a shutout today in today's game. So let's just recap the entire uh, week. Just a great, seri- great series on all accounts. So we'll start off with Cleveland State. Now, they had, this was the afternoon, the early afternoon game against Cleveland State. We were not at. We could not have nope. made it to, but we did watch it. Yep. Uh, we watched it in the newsroom, and it started off, you know, pretty inauspicious for the Colonials. Two-run home run by Taylor Jenkins to lead off, or Tory Jenkins, excuse me, to lead off the game, and then it was all Colonials from yeah. that point forward. Colby, you know, they scored just a, a crap load of runs in these last <laughs> couple innings, all in the second. They, they had an eight-run second inning, yep. by the way, against Tory Jenkins. Uh, York with a sack fly, Christina Mala with an RBI single, Natalie Higgins with an RBI single, Madison Riggle reached on an error, and then capping it all off with a home run by Charlotte Grover. Colby, what did you... I mean, this game was just it was pretty awesome for the Colonials, especially that one inning. Yeah, there. another thing I like to think of is, like, selfless runs. They they give sacrifice plays to get runs. We see them reach on errors, but they really... They had a lot of offense in this one. Eight runs in one inning is impressive in any level of any baseball or softball. That was incredible. Right, and, you know, they are no. this team's no stranger to productive outs. And the one player I want to key in on here that does that all the time that literally tries to bunt almost every time she's <laughs> up to play it is Danielle Jason. Yeah. And today, in today's game, she had two pretty uh, well-placed hits. One of them was on a bunt. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, that game ended as a run rule in the fifth inning, 10-2. Another RBI single for Elena York, and then Christina Mala had an RBI double to seal it as it was closed out by uh, by Jane Garver and then mm-hmm. Madison Riggle who came in. By, uh, Jane Garver did not get the start. That was Madison Riggle. This, uh, the stats are off. But Riggle, 
also pitched really, really well. Mm -hmm. She pitched well in these Cleveland State series, and we'll talk about her in Oakland a little bit. Now, the pitching staff has been pretty interesting. They've had a weird year, roller coaster year, but what, what do you think about the pitching staff so far this season? Uh, you know, again, inconsistent at times, but this week and this weekend especially, they they were really strong in this one. Uh, we talked about this game right now. Madison Riggle went five innings, only one walk. The big thing, if you can keep your walks down, that's really going to help you continue to keep your pitch count down and save your bullpen a bit. And we'll talk about just the insane pitcher duels they had today <laughs> uh, with Oakland, but let's take a look at the second Cleveland State Series. And then after that, we're going to take a look at the stat leaders for softball. Uh, as we stand, as they head over to Purdue Fort Wayne next week. So this was a high-scoring affair, 20 runs, but RMU did end up run ruling <laughs> yet again, this time into the fourth, uh, or into the top of the fifth, excuse me. They closed it out, um, coming in to close it out was Rachel Reinhardt, who had a really, I was really impressed with her effort, yeah. unfortunately didn't carry over to Oakland, but she pitched really well in relief <laughs> of Dana Vitekis, just one hit allowed in two and a third innings. So we'll take a look at this one. Started off pretty easily. Two-run single for Charlotte Grover in the first, but then CSU got the lead with three quick runs. I was at this game, and it was back and forth all day long. And then, you know, bases loaded wall, or a walk, and then a, a, yeah. a, a pass ball, but then Packish homer. Ali Packish homer, he crushed the ball for Cleveland State to make it 4-3. And then the big one, Hiroski with the two-RBI double to make it 6-3. But, you know, a three-run lead may seem a daunting task for most teams, but not for the Colonials, Colby. I mean, they were down in the fourth inning, and they ended up mercy ruling a team. That's really impressive. I mean, a grand slam, another great hit. Just impressed. I'm really impressed by how the adversity they face, face, and they're always finding a way to just get past it. And something that they've lacked in the last couple of years. Now we didn't see, get to see them play their Horizon League, or excuse me, their NEC season last year. But this team was a bottom feeder, middle of the pack in the NEC, and now all of a sudden they get into conference play in the Horizon League, and mm -hmm. they're just dominating. And it's not like they're dominating like out of the gate. They're coming back from some big, big deficits, especially this one. They were down 6-3. And then, you know, some productive outs. Danielle Jason with a sack fly. Elena York with a sack fly. But then they get to the fourth <laughs> inning. And this is the one that did it for them. Madison Riggle, she had an RBI double down the left field line that scored two. And then Kinsey Ventura on a pitch hitter absolutely <laughs> rocketed one to the wall to drive in another two. And the Colonos were just staked out to this lead, and then Elena York reaches on error, but the keynote of this inning was none of those runs. Natalie Higgins swatting mm -hmm. a grand slam to close out Cleveland State. Now they did try to come back in the top of the fifth, but they didn't score any runs, so the game was still on, and the Colonials sweep a familiar conference foe. The team they've played, or not a conference, not they haven't played, they play them out of conference yeah. several times. They're a yeah. familiar opponent, and they're pretty close. Colby, just the entire series, tell me what you think I mean, I know Cleveland State's not the cream of the crop in the conference, <laughs> but uh, what do you think? What did you think, especially after these first two games of the week? So I wrote the recaps for both these games, actually, or not the recaps, the previews. And the main thing I said going into it was both teams don't really have an identity. I think coming out of this, we've seen RMUs, which is no matter how like how far behind we are, we're always going to try and fight our way back and fight try and win it. Again, we talked about this in the game prior, the productive outs. They continue to have productive outs. They continue to move runners, and they continue to put runs on the board. Right, and I think the biggest mentality to call this is down but not out. Mm -hmm. And we, I spoke to Coach Varner after the first game, and Ethan Morrison spoke to him after the second game. He is just so happy yep. with the resiliency this team has showed, especially after they had they got dominated in Green Bay. Yeah. And then we'll talk a little bit about it in the first game of Oakland, which was very tough for this team. So it didn't start off 
great. Mm-mm. Lauren Griffith hit one about halfway <laughs> up the knack hill uh, in the first inning, and then uh, and a reached on error. Kriska scored the only run, so it was two nothing after the first. Already, Rachel Reinhardt got the start. You know why not start her, especially yeah. after she had that solid outing, but she did not fare well. Uh, then you get into the bottom of the first, and things actually looked promising because the first hit. Literally, Christina Mala drilled one into the gap, and then the left fielder and the center fielder ran into each other, yeah. and she got all the way to third. And then she came around to score on a sacrifice by Faith Miller. But Colby, these would be the only this yeah. would be the only run that the Colonos would score in the first game. So this is exactly what we were talking about prior to the Cleveland State series. No real identity here. Uh, productive out gets them their only run, but to give up ten runs, not ideal. They gave up three in the six. You know, they, it kind of just snowballed and it got away from them. Yeah, and so and it was all Golden Grizzlies after that mm-hmm. point, and Rachel Reinhardt got replaced by Jean Garver, and she didn't fare any nope. better in the game. It was just a rough first game, and it was like, oh, maybe they just wasted all their runs <laughs> in, the, in the Tuesday series against against uh, Cleveland State. But you know, Cami Brummett, we told, we said I called her Cami Brummy because her name was <laughs> cut off, but it's Brummett. She showed why she's such a good hitter yeah. at the top of that lineup. Home run, and then Kriska with an RBI single, Zerona. Zerona with an RBI single, uh, she got thrown out at second, though. And then <laughs> the last one, which is probably the play that defined the afternoon, the first game, was uh, Jenna, or excuse, I think it's Jenna Squires. Yeah, Jamie yeah, Squires, excuse yeah. me, hit a ball that Elena York had a beat on initially. She ran back to the wall, she jumped, and it hit the top of her glove and went over the fence. So, and that was just... That was the, the afternoon. That was literally just the afternoon, just a... A tough sandwich for the Colonials to eat in this game, yeah. if you will. And Atlanta York had to. And then, of course, that was the run rule. The game <laughs> was over. The Colonials did not come back in the bottom half. And that was the final score, 10-1. to 1. Rachel Reinhardt pitched an inning in two-thirds and got roughed up a little bit. Three earned runs. Walked two. Struck out two. And then Jane Garver came in and had four and a third innings of six-run ball. And Atlanta York hit that ball over the fence that... Led to three of those runs, so they got run rule in the first game, and you're like, oh, no, here yep. comes a series sweep or something like that. But the Colonials, the second game in the series, by the way, I was on the call on ESPN Plus yeah. for both for both of these first two games, and then I was on three of the four games this week. For a second game, or a third game, I ran graphics. <laughs> Had a great time. Extremely grateful for Army Athletics for letting me get that chance. First, kid, uh, first guy for CSN to call a game, first student to call a game yeah. this year, CSN, and... Got to cross the SBN call off my bucket list. So that game, they put that uh, in the back burner, <laughs> and they headed right back today, or right back in the second game, um, for yet another yet another affair in the second half. Let me pull up. I don't know if I actually grabbed the right game here. Uh, let me pull up the schedule. You know the the last game? You know how I would describe that, Tyler? What was that? As a shellacking. Yeah, that's your <laughs> new favorite word. Um, but yeah, pull up the – let me pull up the score real quick. So after that 10-1 loss in the first game, or shellacking as Colby put it, <laughs> they come back for the next game right after the first one, and the Colonials just absolutely... I mean, they were not out of this one either, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Let me get, pull up this dang score. <laughs> I keep scoring, pulling the right thing. Okay, here we go. So, and once again, the Colonials were looking like, oh no, this is going to be another yep. long game, as in the first inning. Jen Kriska with an RBI double down the line, and then... This is a very funky play in the second inning. So what happened was Munson was on second base. This is um, Jesse Munson was on second base. She stole third, and Erica Bell threw wide, and then Siebert threw a great throw to home plate, mm-hmm. but Bell tried to tag before she had the ball Can't and do that. missed it. And then it was 3 nothing, or And then it was 3 nothing after an error, and, you know, 
Just a tough afternoon for Erica Bell, but she tried to make up for it, and yeah. she did right away with an RBI single in the fourth to give it make it 3-1, and then uh, Brittany Siebert made up for a ball tipping off of her glove in the first game, and another RBI. It was 3-2. But Colonials <laughs> put up the run, no runs, and then the bat, a bat, a little, excuse me, the at bat that defined the day, and this was just an incredible, yeah. incredible plate appearance to watch. You weren't there to see it. But it was great. I'm sure you were watching on television. I was in the newsroom. Erica Bell fouls off like five <laughs> yeah. pitches, takes a couple of balls, and then almost literally hits it <laughs> off of the ground like a golf ball and hits it over the center field fence yeah. for a two-run shot to give the Colonials the lead and pumped her fist rounding the bases. What? <laughs> I mean, saved by the bell, if you will. Erica Bell gives them the lead. And Colby, just what were you thinking heading into this at-bat? Uh, first off, no more puns for you. Nope, that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh I've been so impressed by Bell. She continues to fight off pitches and just send nukes, and it's just been really impressive to watch these last couple of games. And there was, I was talking, I was on the broadcast, I was like, this is where she's looking for her pitch to hit. She's mm-hmm. looking to drive it, and she got it, even though yeah. it was practically on the <laughs> on the dirt. She crushed it to center field, and, you know, it speaks to the way she's taken. She's had a really solid yeah. year. Um, Coach uh, Varner spoke about her. She said he he said her tenacity, her competitiveness has all got better this season. She's batting three twenty eight, and that home run is her only home run of mm-hmm. the season. She only had three. She only has three in her career. Now she only had two coming into the day. So just a great, great, and that was an important run for I believe it was Julia Ehrman, or it was either Julia Ehrman or Charlotte Grover that was on base. Mm-hmm. It was an important, important run. Erica Bell and. All Dana Vitekis had to do was settle in and shut them down, and that's what she did. Exactly. And the one thing I've noticed is that Dana Vitekis, once she gets into a groove, it's mm-hmm. hard to get her out of that. I mean, I'm not saying she's the ace of this staff <laughs> whatsoever, but she has had a very nice year. She leads them in strikeouts, and she works very fast. She works very, very fast, and she, once she's in her groove, it's hard to get her out of it, and she did exactly that. Gracie Henkel tagged with the loss, and the Colonials... Took a win. They, they snuck out of that yep. with a win. It, it, it almost felt like they shouldn't have won that <laughs> game, but they did, and we'll move on to the next day. So, Colby, after the first day of action, what were you thinking heading into the second day? So we were talking a little bit, like texting about it. You know, we were in the newsroom just, just talking about what we saw. I kind of felt like they had some momentum. I didn't I didn't think they were going to do what they did, and we'll talk about it later, but I figured they were going to take one of the two. I figured a mercy rule was coming. I didn't know who would do it to who, but – just I saw momentum and I figured they'd take it into the next series, but they really surprised me in this in these two games today. Yeah, so Colby, you were in attendance today and we were all in attendance today. Yeah. I was running graphics for the first game and they were plagued by a strike zone that was a bit interesting. <laughs> the, um, the umpire was calling some strikes and by the way, this ump was had the worst call ever. He'd be like, Hey, and, and then, then you'd, he'd wait like five minutes. Because I was running graphics, I had to do the balls yeah. and strikes and I wouldn't know, but I had to listen for it. So Things got off to an interesting start. You know, it was a scoreless first inning for Madison Riggle, and then mm. Jamie Squires absolutely blasted yeah. a home run over. I mean, she that ball was halfway up the hill. It was up in the air. A lot of long home runs in this series. She killed that ball, and nice, nice home run for her. And it was one nothing Oakland. But after that, both pitchers settled in, and we knew Sydney Campbell was going to be tough heading into this, yeah. and we knew she was probably going to be. She pitched in all four games, by the way. Yeah, she her arm off. <laughs> so. Just a great game for her, um, and then they settled in, and then a pass ball came, and then it was 2 nothing. So, and all you're like, oh, man, this is going to be yep. a hard luck loss for Madison Riggle. She's pitching so well in this game, and the pass ball is not really mm-hmm. on her, but the Colonials once again showed the red, white, and blue resiliency here. <laughs> 
And uh, Charlotte Grover comes in and doubles down the left field line to drive an Ariana Garraway, who came in, I believe. And then Catalina Saxon, a freshman, pitch hit and got an RBI single to shortstop that allowed Charlotte Grover to come in and score. I've been impressed with a lot yeah. of the freshmen this year. They've been a big part of this team. And Catalina Saxon... But the one that was important, so the game was tied up. Both pitchers dueled zeros. And I was saying in the truck, I was like, this game has walk-off written all over it. Not sure if it was going to be a home run or what it was. But, Colby, you know, after seeing these runs, what were you thinking? What were you thinking about the Colonials in this game? I know I've said what were you thinking about pretty much everything. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of you know, um, critiques you have and a lot yeah. of things you can pin on once you look at the game and how this – all it boils down to. The the one thing I, I was taking photos of this game. I was talking to Ethan Morrison during the game, and uh, I was saying, you know, they're fighting, but they're not really taking a lead. And then once they tied it, you could you could look at the two dugouts in just two completely different mindsets. Oakland had their heads down every time they had some great chance, and every time they scored, they went, "Oh you, oh you," but, <laughs> but nothing. And then RMU was just going crazy, and I kind of knew at that point it, it was over. I think one thing I could say about this team now is to not sleep on them mm -mm. at all. They could probably make a run in the tournament. Now, we won't be here for the tournament. Mm -mm. If they are in, I would like to maybe yeah. try to sneak up here and go. Wherever they're playing, I'd like yeah. to go and cover them. That'd be cool. It'd be fun. But um, as as of right now, they are, are tied at two, and it's going into this bottom of seventh after a nice inning by Riggle. She pitched very well yeah. in this game. Uh, we'll talk about her line because that was the end of her night. Seven innings. Two earned runs, just five, or two runs, one earned, just five hits and four strikeouts, and it was a very quick and judicious afternoon for both pitchers. Mm -hmm. By the way, both pitchers pitched seventy pitches or less in this. It was a very quick game, but as it heads to the seventh, <laughs> clutch, clutch, Avery Winchell, the pinch hitter <laughs> off the bench who's been clutch all season long. So two quick hits, Erica Bell and uh, Charlotte Grover both had quick hits, mm -hmm. and then um, and then it was uh, I think they got moved to third on a sacrifice or a uh, I think it was a bunt. And then Avery Winchell steps in to pinch hit, and she hits the ball. The shortstop dropped it, and that allowed Bell to come in and score, and that's all they could watch yep. as the Colonials walked off this one. Their first, I, I believe it's their first walk-off, like actual walk-off of the season, and what a way to do it to get the first win. And that, once again, you're like, oh, my God, this team yeah. is sneaking out with a win. But, hey, wins are wins, and, mm -hmm. that's, and it's not like this team is playing badly. They're playing great. This is some great softball they're playing. So that is another win to add and against the leading. Uh, this knocked Oakland out of the Horizon yep. League lead, by the way, this series. And they were heading in with all the momentum in the sixth game or in the final and the sixth game of the week. They're heading in with all the momentum. By the way, five of six games they've won this week, and their last they've won six of their last seven games. So this team is hot, officially, mm -hmm. officially hot. Yeah, and that final play was kind of a weird one, kind of anticlimactic. Uh, Jamie Squares, I think is how you say for Oakland, just couldn't. She got, she threw the ball in the first baseman, just couldn't couldn't get a handle on it. Allowed the allowed the run to score, and they kind of just stood there and they didn't really really know how to celebrate it. They kind of just looked at each other. Somebody put out a pool noodle and started whacking people, and that was the end of it. <laughs> it was it was very interesting. It was an interesting one, and you know I had to jet out of here to get changed and yeah. come back and call the second game. Once again, very fortunate I got to. But uh, now they're heading in with literally all the momentum in the last game. And who else would you want to put on the mound other than Dana Vitekis, who started this game against, I believe it was Chelsea Wiggins. Yeah, she got a start. Wiggins has had a all right, had a pretty mm -hmm. good season. She had a, a sub-2 ERA and only four appearances. And this was, once again, looking like a pitcher's duel, and that's exactly yeah. what it was. Colby... Through the first couple of innings, you know what is what is your mind what is your mind like pointing towards after the teams? I mean, Colonials didn't get a hit, I believe, yeah. until the third. 
And then, uh, you know, they were scattering a few hits where the Golden Grizzlies, but not driving any runs. By the way, Cammie Brummett, after that strong first day, <laughs> I believe she went 0 for 8 or 0 for 7 today. I, I was honestly so impressed with Dana Vitegas. I know we talked about her and said she has a low ERA. She's a pretty good pitcher, but this game, a f- complete game, she only threw 74 pitches and walked. She didn't walk anybody, actually. She handled the poor strike zone, as we did talk about very well, and just phenomenal pitching. Both pitchers did their best, but Dana took the day, in my opinion. Yeah, and one uh, she only had one strikeout in this game. Mm-hmm. She has, I believe she leads, so I'll, we'll get to the stat leaders quickly after this game. Uh, and then, so it gets to the fourth inning, and all of a sudden, you know, Christina Mala, who's had a rough day at the plate, <laughs> sing, drills a single in the center and yeah. gets the second. Atlanta York scores. Jason has to halt at third. Or, excuse me, Jason scores. York has to halt yeah. at third. And it's one nothing. and the Clonus have a quick lead, and you're like, okay, they got to run here. And then a uh, sack fly for Faith Miller, who had a, multiple of those this week. Good, yeah. good weekend for her. She's been quietly hot for this team. Mm-hmm. And then finally, breaking the schneid, Natalie Higgins <laughs> gets her team-leading 28th RBI, and the Colonials have a 3-0 lead. And after this inning, you're like, oh, my gosh. Colonials might actually yeah. take 3 of 4 from the Golden Grizzlies after we kind of wrote them off heading into the series. And that showed that we should not write them off. Yeah, so my friend Robert Laufer was sitting next to me, and we were talking, and we were like, let's look at the standings just to see. And we noticed that Oakland had fallen. And we were we were in shock, but the Colonials were starting to rise through the standings. As you take three or four from any team, you're going to rise. But just they really fought back, and not in this one they led, but they really fought. We said this would be a tough opponent, and they really proved themselves, in my opinion. And once again, one more keynote blast in this game. The, the, these were all the <laughs> runs they needed, but Christina Mahler, her first career home run, she steps yeah. in, and she, by the way, she'd been hitting balls to the warning track all yeah. weekend. It'd been a tough weekend for her, and she had a rough day. But coming to the plate, she had a huge, she went two for three with two RBIs, and this home run, she just stroked it over the left field <laughs> fence, finally got that first career home run, and we t- and Ethan talked uh, to Coach Barner, and she's just evolved greatly as a hitter as she got in here. She started off as, like, you know, just as she's hitting now, and then she adopted the slap. She yeah. hit 4-12 and made all-rookie team in the NEC. You know, she got injured her sophomore year, and then last year was knocked away. And she comes back this year, and she's been a very reliable hitter for this team. Consistently reliable, and after having a rough patch of games, she comes back and does really well. As she was rounding third, and I was talking to Rob when I heard this, she's like, I had no idea how I did it. She was just in awe that she hit the ball that far, and I was it was just a great moment to be a part of and see. Yeah, her first career home run um, after her third year here at RMU, she finally mm-hmm. gets that first, and she was close all weekend, so good for her to yep. get that. And Vitekis just stepped in, took care took, of business. T- took care of business. It was a quick, a quick seventh inning, and the Colonials took three of four from the mm-hmm. Oakland Golden Grizzlies. What a weekend it was for them! I think once again the red, white, and blue resiliency. That's all you can say. <laughs> I think you know what? I think I should just name the episode that now. Red, white, and blue resiliency. Red, white, and blue yeah. resiliency. That's a great name for my, it. Um, my vote was grizzly hunting, but we we voted that down. We voted that down. It's all right, Kobe. So the Colonials <laughs> now currently sit at thirteen and nine, and they also sit at. The uh, record of eight and six in the horizon, so they're climbing up the standings. This mm-hmm. team is one that you cannot sleep on, and I believe they've won their last three. And at home, they're seven and three, and on the road, they're six and six. So a good season thus far for the Colonials. We'll take a look at the stat leaders as we wind up this or wind down this episode. But, I mean, far and away the leader in almost every statistical category <laughs> on offense is going to be Natalie Higgins. Yeah. So we're taking a look at Natalie Higgins, who leads in batting average of 417. But after that, the top three are Brittany Siebert with 333 and Erica Bell batting at 328. Yeah. Weekend, Faith Miller was batting over 400 at the beginning. And then she she's dipped a little bit this weekend, but she yeah. did get a couple of RBIs. Now, the RBI lead, obviously far and away, is Natalie Higgins at 28. 
RBI. She's close to a career high. Yeah. It's a good season for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got 28. And then the second place batter is 16 away from her. <laughs> Madison Riggle has 12. And then Elena York has 11. And Charlotte Grover has 10. Those are the... And then uh, Erica Bell also has 10. So those are the only players that are in double digits of RBIs this season. Catalina Saxon, by the way, has seven. which And she's only <laughs> she hasn't played that many games or hasn't had that many at-bats. And uh, Avery Winchell also has four, but she's made the most of her opportunities. So that is the RBIs. And then home runs right now. Tied at first with four. Tied for first is Higgins and Riggle with four. Yep. And then you got one for Bell, that golf shot. You got three for Charlotte Grover, who's been very impressive in the short season, batting 275. Christina Mala had her first. And Ariana Garraway also has one. And Catalina Saxon has one. And those are all your offensive statistical leaders. Colby, what are you, who do you like the most on offense this season? I mean, Erica Bell has really risen up. You know, I wasn't that high on her in the preview. I wasn't. She wasn't bad or anything. She was just a middle-of-the-road player to me. And seeing her this weekend, she really stepped up. You know, the golf shot, as you're calling it. <laughs> she, she just was clutch. She hit it really well this weekend. And fantastic weekend for Erica Bell. Now, the pitching staff we've been a bit critical of. Yeah. Uh, we were cr- critical of going in this game. They didn't have an identity, but they have a 372 ERA right now as a staff. The only one that's not a sub-4 ERA right now is Jane Garver at 578, but she is only, she's been knocked around in a few yeah. appearances. That's the only – I mean, if you take out that six-run outing of four and a third, she's had a good season. So Dana Vitekis with a 306 ERA, and, of course, 320 for Madison Riggle, 392 for Rachel Reinhart, and then 578 for Garver with a 372 overall mark. Team is 13-9, and nine, obviously. Um, right now, Dana Vitekis is 5-4. So – and Dana Vitekis, by the way, in seven of her 12 games, she's or in seven of her 10 starts, she's pitched a complete game. Yeah, so again, we, we aren't going to say that Dana's the ace, but she really pitched well this weekend. And if there if there was going to be an ace and we, we'd have to make an argument, I'd say Dana is up there. But again, there there is no real ace. But really impressed with the pitching staff this weekend. A couple rough rough innings here and there, but... Just, just all around good series for everybody against Oakland and Cleveland State. Oh, uh, let me let me add another uh, bullet <laughs> point to the Vitekis ace argument. I will say this though: uh, Madison Riggles had a very wonderful. I mean, all the pitchers have had yeah. a good year. You can't count out Jane Garver, even though she's got a five seventy eight ERA. She's just a freshman, and she's going to be yeah. a huge part of the staff going forward. But Vitekis right now has forty five strikeouts, <laughs> and then I think uh, if you combine everybody, she has yes, she has more than the three other pitchers combined. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just a good season for or she doesn't have more than three other, uh, three other pitches combined, but she's close to that. She has almost half the strikeouts on the staff this year. 17, 17, and 18 respectively for the other ones. So those are all your stats this season. What are you thinking, Colby? What are you thinking right now? What is your um what is your one thing that's on your mind after this weekend? I'm I just gotta talk about Dana Vitegas again, just methodical with her pitches. Nothing really rattled her. We saw in the seventh there was I think two hits that inning and it looked like maybe they should take Dana out, maybe not, but she got the complete shutout. She's just really been methodical, works hard. She's very fast. She seems to get the outs very quickly. Uh, just Dana really is on my mind. What about you? I think, you know, I really like the way Madison Riggle came in and just took the ball and went out and shoved it for nine or for seven innings. was very strong. Vitekis, I, I was talking about her with Spencer Witt and uh, Adam Gusky on the broadcast. Yeah. I was saying, she gets the sign, she goes in and throws it. No yeah. dilly-dallying with her. You know, Lauren Griffith stepped in the plate for uh, for Oakland and tried to slow her down, tried to throw off her, her Didn't uh, rhythm. Work. Didn't work. No. You know, she all season long, she's been an escape artist. She's gotten out of some of the biggest jams I've ever seen. <laughs> she's been very good. Uh, Madison Riggle. I've been, I was very – but the one I was very impressed with 
by far was Rachel Reinhardt and how she came in in Cleveland State and had yeah. a really good weekend. So that is all for the stats right now this season. And uh, we'll take a look now at the upcoming schedule. So it's not a midweek doubleheader once mm-hmm. again. They have bottom feeder, conference bottom feeder, <laughs> Purdue, Fort Wayne, fellow conference newcomer, coming on Friday and Saturday in Fort Wayne. I would love to go to those. I wish I could go to those, but I'm currently going up to Erie on Friday and I'm coming back to play hockey on Saturday. You know, these two these two games are these are gonna be I wanna be paying close attention to these and then they'll yeah. be in Highland Heights for a midweek doubleheader in Kentucky on Tuesday mm-hmm. of next week, and then they come back for UIC. So that is the upcoming schedule. They've got a couple more series after that. They will head uh, I'll we'll get to that in a little bit. The Horizon League tournament is May fourteenth and May fifteenth. I don't know where it's being held place, but if it's if it's close to here, I might come up. I might come up and cover. <laughs> so that is all we have for today. Uh, Colby, what is your final thought? Uh, just again, the resilience of this team. I'm not gonna doubt them ever again. But until <laughs> I find a team that can keep them down when they're when they're losing, I'm gonna pick the Colonials. Right, and the Colonials. One more thing, you know, they're a very underappreciated team on the campus. But now yeah. there, people are starting to realize. I mean, there's a lot of people up in the game, up in the yeah. stands. Not in the stands. You can't sit in the bleachers. No, nope. there's people at the top of the hill. I don't <laughs> know if it's just families, but some students are coming to watch. It's just a fun afternoon to watch a softball game. Yeah, and yeah, it's fun. They're they're a fun team to watch this year. They're 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 never out of it. You can never count this team out. Don't sleep on this team. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're making up for the lack of fans in the bleachers by yelling <laughs> on the bench. So that is all we have for today. It's been a fun episode of Liner to Left. We may have an interview guest in the future, in the near future. We might try to get a couple people on here as they have hot games and yep. cold games, and we talk to coach before the season's over. But for Tyler Gallo and Colby Sherwin, we will see you next time on the Liner to Left podcast.